You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back to 101.9 High FM. I'm Rob Hutchinson and today we're chatting to Voter Vessels, who is a member of parliament for the Freedom Front Plus. And we're chatting about the manifesto, which the Freedom Front Plus launched very recently. I think it was last weekend or this weekend past. And it is rather, rather a in-depth piece of, uh, piece of document here or, or contains a lot of promises. But it's very interesting as it is completely different to the approach that the other parties have, have, have put forward. Good afternoon, voter. I trust you are well. Good afternoon, Rob. Great to have you on the show. And, and yeah, voter, um, first off, I must just congratulate you on, on your presentation and your manifesto launch. It was certainly a, a, a great event and maybe just a, a spin-off on, on the Freedom Front's recent, recent successes in a number of, of wards on the local level. And of course, your, uh, success and, and absolute jumped to the forefront in the previous elections. How do you feel going, going forward into, into these, uh, municipal elections? Well, Rob, we are confident and uh, thank you very much for the kind words. Uh, we believe that, uh, we are the grain alternative. Uh, we showed significant growth in 2019 during the national and provincial elections. And uh, also, as you mentioned, during by-elections following 2019, we won four wards and uh, we showed significant growth in all other by-elections where we participated in. And we believe that uh, we will sustain that growth and that uh, voters are choosing us as an alternative because we do provide solutions. And we do believe that... uh, it's not only the change of a governing party that is necessary, but it is also improvement that is necessary. And that comes with new policies, new thinking and being innovative in terms of getting solutions to especially service delivery and the decline of infrastructure on local government level. That's music to our ears or to any any voters' ears as to such. We all pretty well aware of the service delivery issues that have been plaguing 85% of, of our municipalities and there doesn't seem to be a solution or believable solution in sight or being offered by by any other party. You know, that, that being brought forward, you know, um, national elections are about policy promises and ideology and and national issues whereas municipal is more focused on on service delivery and management of of local services and, and council. How how is the in the areas that you do do govern, if if you do govern in any, um, how do you how do you manage that, and what has been your success rate? And secondly, what is your um, experience and function or success rate in uh, coalition governments at at a local level? Firstly, let me say that uh, we believe that coalition governments is uh, the answer to our problems in South Africa because where one party governs alone, there's an abuse of power. No, ma- no matter who that party is, uh, you see that uh, decisions are then being taken on the basis of uh, political reasoning and not on the basis of actually providing services and making decisions in the interest of the communities out there. 
And when there's a balance of power in a coalition government, then it is in the interest of the uh, residents of the people out there. And uh, unfortunately, in 2016, there were a lot of coalitions or a few coalitions, especially metros formed, but it wasn't actual coalition governments because it was minority governments. And uh, that is an unstable form of government. If you don't have an outright uh, 50 uh, plus percentage between the parties forming a coalition. In 2016, there where we, uh, where no party had a majority and parties had to come together, we had the support of, for instance, the EFF, but they did not form part of the coalition, which made it a, a minority government and not a coalition government. And that makes it extremely difficult. We believe if opposition voters come out in their numbers on the 1st of November, and they vote for opposition parties, and they vote for the party that they believe do offer solutions, who they agree with the values and principles of that, the, that party, then coalition gov governments can be formed in the right sense of the word. And then we can carry in those solutions and actually provide solutions. You know, you mentioned that local government is about local service delivery issues, and it's true. But the problem, though, is that national legislation and national policy is hindering service delivery. Because if you go and look at municipalities across the country, 48% of CFOs, for instance, are not qualified and competent to do the job. That is why we're spending around about a billion rand additional to the salaries we are paying uh, the officials to do the jobs that people are appointed for, but they can't do the jobs because they're not qualified. And the reason for that is affirmative action. Now people will say, yeah, but you can't get rid of affirmative action on local level. That's a national legislation. It's national parliament. It's true. But then let's go and have a look at how many municipalities do not comply with other national legislation. For instance, there's only two municipalities in the whole country that applied in terms of the national environmental legislation for um, licenses for their dumping sites. Now, that's one example, but go and look at unfunded budgets, which is contravention of the uh, financial management, the MFMA, and a lot of other transgressions, and nothing happens. So why can't a municipality disobey national legislation in terms of affirmative action to full a vacancy which is critical and appoint a person that can do the job and get service delivery going. And that we will emphasize if we go into a coalition and we will make sure that people are appointed on merit to get service delivery going for all parts of the community. That's also, again, brilliant. So it's great to hear that you place merit uh, at the for forefront of, of it and uh, reputation and uh, past experience as as the as the deciding factor when when appointing officials and you know I, I'm speaking from my personal personal opinion here that the I don't care who is running the municipality as long as I'm I'm getting what I what I pay for and I'm sure most most people feel feel the same way. We're not, we, we should treat our municipalities as, as a company rather than as a political body because if, if we are paying for, for a product. If we don't get that product, then, then we need to raise issues. And unfortunately, unlike the private sector where we can choose, choose a different service provider, we don't have that option in, 
in uh, service delivery at, at in South Africa municipal levels. We we know there's a whole focus on on fixing things, and um, your your ten point plan here is quite comprehensive. Do you want to take us through a, a bit of what your ten point plan does? A few of those points. Yes, you know, I think what you now mentioned is is very important, and that is value for money, value for rates and taxes. We pay for a service which in many instances, in many municipalities, we as ratepayers and property owners do not receive. And that's a very big problem, and that should be addressed. So our 10-point plan, firstly, speaks to the appointment of officials on merit, and uh, that I spoke of earlier. That is very important to get competency back, but to also professionalize local government, to get it professional, but also the political appointments, councillors, committees, um, members of the executive committee, those uh, appointments should also be on merit and they should do their job to uh, provide effective oversight because effective oversight is currently lacking. And if there's no oversight and actually ensuring accountability of officials and of the executive of a municipality, then we don't get service delivery and we don't get value for money. Secondly, we say decentralize local government or put local back into local government. The problem currently is that municipalities are extremely big. They contain a lot of towns. Uh, the metros are very big. It's mega cities that were formed. And that means that service delivery is far away from the people and from the community. Let me give an example. In the free state in Machabeng, Machabeng local municipality consists of Virginia, Valcom, Widendosris, Enemann, uh, Niakolong, uh, uh, Stadt, and I think I'm leaving uh, something out as well, but it's a lot of towns. But there's only one uh, fire engine for that whole area. So if there's a fire in Enemann, it is about 60, 70 kilometers that that firefighters must travel to go and contain that fire. And that is an extreme problem. So we, de- we say decentralize, make uh, local government local again, and take the decision-making to the community and as, uh, as possible to the members. Then we say raise fair rates and taxes and stop unfair increases. Currently, rates and taxes are increased far beyond inflation each year. And that is an attempt by the municipality to save their, their, uh, their fiscus, to save their uh, financial situation. But it actually achieves the opposite because people can't afford, especially at this stage with COVID-19 and uh, last year's uh, uh, lockdown and everything that, uh, that happened with the economy and the uh, credit rating, we, we have a dire situation economically and people can't afford these extremely high rates on taxes. So now people default and there's no economic growth and actual disposable income to spend money and get the local economy going. Then we say create a favorable environment for the private sector to grow, to invest and to create jobs. And what is needed there is infrastructure, what is needed there is service delivery, and what is needed there is ease of doing business. So when you have uh, people that can't apply for rezoning, then you have a problem where businesses can't grow. 
where there's a lot of administrative problems and everything takes long. Delays with uh, permits and licenses, that creates a situation where the private sector can't actually sustain and grow. Then we say act as a power balance within coalitions, within multi-party governments to serve our constituents and to implement these plans. And then where we aren't governing, where we, there isn't a coalition government, we say we should be effective watchdogs to implement um, effective oversight to, um, to act against corruption and incompetence and fulfill a dynamic, structured opposition role. We say prioritize infrastructure maintenance, comply with relevant legislation and effective uh, policing and promote a culture of recycling with regards to the environment. Currently, a lot of sewage is running into our rivers, into our water sources because of a lack of infrastructure maintenance and municipalities and government are the ones transgressing environmental legislation. We say prioritize infrastructure maintenance, comply with relevant legislation and uh, police, um, police that. We say stop the loss of water due to burst pipes and leakages and then protect heritage and respect diversity, stop unnecessary changes to place and street names and promote multilingualism. Currently, um, government is changing names, changing street names, town names, and that is unnecessary costs. And it is not in terms of the Constitution who says let's respect all cultures and the diversity of our country and unite in that diversity. And lastly, we say create a healthy and safe environment and promote good values because values is what is needed to actually get a government who cares and who delivers services. So that's the 10-point plan, and we say that is, in short, the what is necessary to actually stop the decay, stop the decline, and turn around local government. Well, that sounds sounds wonderful. Absolutely, absolutely does. There's a there's a couple of points which which uh, might seem generic, and some other parties might offer the same the same promises as such. So, if you don't mind, I'm going to interrogate you and, and push you on 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 those points. You mentioned um, money and uh, rates and taxes and unpaid taxes and 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 so on. And let's there's no doubt that it takes money to to run a municipality. As you did point out, and as has been in the media, um, at least 85% of uh, municipalities are in a death spiral, and there doesn't seem to be any hope of them pulling pulling out of that. You know, how does they approach their their business model? Is their current business model the way it should be? Do we need to revise or relook at municipalities? And how would you tackle tackle the problem of a failing failing municipality should you win should you win that that municipality? I think it's twofold. In the long run, we should revise uh, the model of local government. And as I've mentioned before, municipalities are just too big to actually deliver services and to manage their finances. You have this situation where you included smaller municipalities into a metro and where people are now expected to pay metro um, rates and taxes, but they're actually a rural municipality, and that leads to default uh, payments because it's not a uniform or it's a uniform system, but it is actually uh, not affordable for those rural residents. 
And so that's in the long run. There should be a revision of the whole model of local government, especially the size of municipalities, where we should go to um, return to the model of at least one town per municipality and not more than that. Uh, Then with regards to finances, one of the first steps should be to recover government's debt to municipalities. You know, Rob, uh, government owes municipalities 16.7 billion rand. Now, this increased since 2016 with the previous election. That debt stood at 6.1 billion. So that is uh, an enormous increase in the debt government owes government. And that's unacceptable. Now, residents are expected to actually subsidize that outstanding debt because that money is not there to, 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 to balance the budget. And now rates and taxes of residences, uh, residents are increased. And that debt is, is uh, older than 90 days. And that must be addressed. Cut municipal uh, or government buildings who do not pay their, 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 uh, their tariffs and uh, install that collection of, of that tariffs. That, that is a practical approach to actually recover and get um, a more sustainable financial situation. But then a lot of transact, a lot of money is being wasted on firstly consultants because competent officials were not appointed. So now consultants must do the job of officials. There's about in all the municipalities together a billion rand that can be saved and can be used to provide services and recover the financial and the fiscal situation of municipalities if that's not the case. So if we appoint officials, and then obviously there's a lot of salaries of officials that's also exorbitantly high. That should be, it's totally unacceptable that we sit with municipal managers, and I'm not even talking about city managers of, of metros, I'm talking about local municipalities with municipal managers earning more than the president of South Africa. How is that possible? And municipalities opt and councils opt for the upper limit of a salary and not the lower limit. That should be changed. We must save money and we must install fiscal discipline. Look what happened in the Eastern Cape now um, where a sports stadium was built for 15 million rand. Now, a lot of people talk about that stadium. That's not, there's no value for money. It's definitely not 15 million rand uh, worth, that's true. But the real problem is not necessarily what it costs. Even if it costs a 100,000 rand, it's too much because it's the same municipality where people are suffering due to a lack of electricity supply and they go without electricity for more than 40 hours um, at, a, at a stage. That is unacceptable that you'd then spend even a cent on a sports stadium. So priorities need to be revised and then you need to to monitor, revise, and supervise all financial transactions. And especially where you appoint a contractor to build something, that must be value for money. The best contractor must be employed, and the value for money must be reviewed and monitored all the time. Projects must be completed on time. So we need to install discipline, and we need to install consequences for transgressions because that is one of the biggest problems where municipal officials and contractors um, transgress, do not deliver the product, do not deliver the service, uh, or a municipal official transgress and do not comply with laws and regulations, and then nothing happens. There must be consequences, and that's one of the first steps. Definitely, and that is, again, a, a 
an incredibly important statement, which is all about um, expertise and and knowledge. We definitely need the right people for the job, and they must be competent and monitored and held held accountable. Now, speaking about uh, expertise and and knowledge. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson, because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back to 101.9 High FM. I'm Rob Hutchinson. We're chatting about local municipal elections, political parties, and the manifestos that they are producing with lots of, lots of promises, great plans, some not, not so great. And today we're going through uh, the Freedom Front Plus's manifesto and the points and contained within especially their 10-point plan, and chatting to a voter vessels who is a member of parliament representing the Freedom Front Plus. Voter, let's go back a, a, a few steps here. Talk about these failing failing municipalities uh, one, once again. The the whole idea, and, and you mentioned it brilliantly, and, and you explained as, actually as to why you're looking for smaller smaller management areas, makes perfect business sense. However, we do have the conflict of national legislation from the cooperative governance, uh, most of cooperative governance, where they are trying to push through a district-based model, which obviously combines many different municipalities into one larger metro. How would you, uh, how would you overcome come that problem or deal with that problem as you're not obviously on a national level, but at, at a local level? Well, that is one of the long-term um, problems and long-term aspects which we will address in Parliament as well. We oppose the district uh, development model because district municipalities have failed. It's the biggest failure. Uh, district municipalities are actually just uh, establishments or organizations which are there for cater deployment for salaries where budgets of up to 80% of the district uh, budget is spent on salaries and not on any delivery of any service, not on any actual um, legislative earmark which a district municipality should fulfill. So it's a big failure, especially disaster management, for instance. Disaster management is placed with district municipalities, but they're not delivering on that. They're not doing anything with regards to that. And show me one district municipality in the whole of South Africa that has actually functioned or does have a function in terms of service delivery and actually serving the the community um, of those local municipalities which uh, reside under the district. So once again, the ANC government is trying to centralize power. And we saw that last year with COVID-19 as well where COVID-19 was used as an excuse to actually centralize power in a small council and uh, make decisions on a very small and narrow basis that affect the whole of South Africa. And that did not work. We saw that uh, a lot of the regulations in terms of uh, the Disaster Management um, Act that was uh, promulgated by the Minister of Corporate Governance um, in terms of the lockdown and uh, and the restrictions, were not one size fits all for the whole South Africa. And just like that, you can't have centralized power when it comes to local uh, aspects. Every local municipality differs, and each community has different different um, you know 
um, they, they have differences in what they need and their needs differ. And the way that services should be delivered should be on a local level where local communities have decision-making power. And a district development model will be just like all the other plans of the ANC government to save municipalities. You know, we have the Back to Basics program and a lot of other programs and support programs that cost a lot of money and did not actually render any successes or any improvement on local level. In uh, in contrary, uh, it actually just declined even more under those programs, and it will be the same with this. And that's why we will oppose that and in the long term, uh, make sure that uh, where we, and hopefully in 2024, the NC's power will also be, um, de- you know, decline on national level. And uh, there can be a multi-party um, government on national level where we definitely will address the situation of legislation uh, in terms of making municipalities smaller, decentralizing and devolving power to communities. Sounds wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We're going to take a, a quick break. And then when we come back, voter, I want you to convince me to vote, vote for you. We'll be right back. <laughs> you are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson. Because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back to 101.9 High FM. I'm Rob Hutchinson, and this is... Ah, first part of Interrogation FM, where we're going through party manifestos, pulling out the good points, the bad points, and then offering the party candidate or representative, in this case, voter vessels from the Freedom Front Plus, to convince me to vote for him. Voter, you've got five minutes. Go. Well, Rob, firstly, let me convince you and the listeners to go and vote. That's the most important part. Uh, a lot of people are saying they're fed up with politics. They, what does it help to vote? And they're finished with politics. But politics are never finished with you. Everything in your life is affected by politics and the decision-making on political level, from the fuel price to the uh, sewage running in front of your house to everything, and your rates and taxes are influenced by politics. And, yes, we have an overwhelming majority government, the ANC, that has failed to govern. And a lot of people say, my vote does not matter. It doesn't count. The ANC will just win again. But we must remember that if 10 people go and vote and six vote ANC, then it's 60% for the ANC. Four people voted for opposition parties. If one opposition voter, if Rob decides he's not going to vote in this election, it doesn't help, then nine people go and vote. Six people still vote ANC, but now it's 66% of the vote. 66% of the councillors are now ANC and not 60%. There weren't any more voters that voted ANC. It's one opposition voter that stayed away. And so when we get the ANC below 50%, which is possible, every vote really does count to ensure oversight, to ensure accountability, and to ensure that your voice is heard in the council, in the legislature, and there where we speak as politicians, because our mandate comes from the voter, and the voter must decide who he puts in power and who he gives his voice for. And why you should vote Freedom Front Plus is if you agree with our principles, if you agree with our values, if you agree with our policies, and that's the main thing. We don't make promises. You mention promises a lot. 
What we offer is a steadfast policy. We don't change just to get voters. We have a policy in place that say this is a solution to South Africa's problem. This is a solution to manage the diversity in South Africa and make it an asset and our liability to devolve power to communities, to respect diversity of different religious groups, of different language groups, of different uh, cultural groups. That is what is important. Minority group rights. What is important is equal opportunities for all and to carry in those values and principles where we do oversight, where we are the watchdog in councillors, in, in councils, where we actually provide services to people. And then it's not about promises. It's what we do and what we've done the past five years where we've proven that we act in the interest of communities and not in our own interest and where we do provide oversight and ensure accountability. I reckon I'm almost convinced. <laughs> but we'll have, to, we'll have to wait until we see the other or hear hear the others. So in 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 summary, um, the good reasons to vote for for the Freedom Front Plus in your local municipal elections Decentralization of, of power, which leads to uh, local solutions for local problems. Sounds great to me. And uh, best person for for the job and understanding the community and freeing up businesses and, and so on, which the other parties might might offer. Voter, it's been absolutely wonderful chatting chatting to you um, on this edition of Interrogation FM. And Thank you for, for your time and thank you for presenting. I wish you the best of luck in, in the local municipal elections and we'll chat maybe afterwards. Thank you, Rob, and thank you for having me.